Hi everyone, James Prescott here. Welcome to another episode of James Talks, my podcast. It's great to have you all here. Um, yeah, so today I've got another guest on, um, and his name is Luke Strickland, and he is a, a writer, a blogger, and a podcaster, um, and has become a good friend. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to have a chat about creativity, about and about all sorts of things. So. Oh uh, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get get straight into it. Welcome, Luke. It's great to have you here. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's uh, always a pleasure. Excellent, excellent. So, so Luke, just tell us a bit about. Uh, just introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about who you are and your story. Well, you've you've said um, a few things that I do. I, I I like to say that I wear a number of hats. So uh, I think on my Twitter. Bio. I say I'm a, I'm a writer, a muser, a blogger, a dreamer. Uh, I'm a podcaster as well. Um, so I'm based in the West Midlands in the UK, and uh, I'm uh, I'm married. I've got two great kids. Um, I spend part of my life as an environmental consultant, but then a big chunk of what I what I love to do is explore um, how we can be creative in our lives, how we can follow our dreams. And um, and be really the best expression of who we're made to be, and so that comes out in a in a weekly blog that I do uh, on my website LukeStrickland.co.uk. Um, I've got a weekly podcast as well uh, called the the, uh, the Potting Shed Podcast, mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of a, a metaphorical place. You know, the Potting Shed is a place where things grow, and you can explore and plant things and water things. So the Potting Shed Podcast uh, I do once a week, which you know some is. Sometimes I use some of the content from my blog. Often, you know, I get inspiring guests on, like yourself, um, <laughs> and uh, and other people. Um, and then I do I do another podcast actually. Something that we do as a family is that we home educate our kids. Uh, we're passionate about that. We feel you know that's uh, that's right for us as a family. Uh, and with my daughter Eden, who's five, uh, we do. And sometimes my my son as well, Asha, he's three. We we do a, a bi-weekly podcast called uh, Home Ed Matters. And uh, we actually won an award for that, a podcasting award, uh, the other month, which was uh, which was a great surprise. So that's uh, that's a little bit about me. I love um, exploring creativity. You know, very similar theme to you, really. And um, and so I share some of my struggles and my successes um, and and my inspiration, really, across the different content that I produce. Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. And yes, I've heard. Um... I've heard the podcast. It's a really great podcast, and uh, and Luke's also written. Um, I've read a lot of Luke's work. He's a fantastic writer, so I really would encourage you to check his stuff out. Um, Luke, just tell us a bit about like what, what kind of led you to have this kind of passion for creativity and to get into writing a blog and doing a podcast. Kind of what was the inspiration behind that, and and what's your what's kind of your creative process? That's a really, that's a really good question, and it's been quite a long journey for me, really. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm a bit of a late developer in, in lots of ways. I, I'd always, growing up, I'd always been, um, I've always been very musical. I love making things. My dad is an amazing craftsman um, and can make anything in his workshop and on his lathe. And so I'd grown up with that around me. Um, and my family are very creative. My sister's an artist, a really talented artist, and um, you know, I'd grown, I'd grown up. Uh, doing that kind of stuff, I um, became a Christian in my teens, which was a really defining moment for me. And um, one summer, I felt 
a really strong sense from from God uh, to to teach myself guitar, and um, which I did, and that that led on to music being quite a theme in my life. Um, and I went to I went to university. Uh, I studied engineering because it just seemed a really practical thing to do. And at a school, uh, I was uh, I enjoyed sciences and things like that. Um, and so I kind of ended up doing an engineering degree and um, falling into uh, a job uh, in, an, in an engineering consultancy, which was great. Um, but before I started that, I spent some time traveling around the world. I took six months out. And um, the church I'd been part of, I'd studied in Southampton, and the church I'd been part of had been quite a resource church, really. And um, so there'd been lots of people passing through. And because I was a student, I was hanging out there a lot. And I got to know loads of people. And they all said, hey, come and spend some time with us. So I, t- I took everyone up on their offer, whether they liked it or not, and, um, <laughs> and uh, spent some time traveling. And I spent a lot of time songwriting um, in, that, in that time um, and reading. And just, I think, you know, studying, uh, it, it really takes it out of you, actually. And I don't think I'd realized how, how, how stressed and, and kind of wound up I'd been, really. Um, so I spent some time traveling. I, I was able to um, kind of by accident record an album, um, Songs <laughs> for the Kitchen, which was... Which was great, um, and um, and a, a significant thing was that I met a guy who was a luthier. Uh, so he made it, he made instruments. Uh, I met him in in um, Lethbridge in Alberta, a really fantastic guy. And I was really inspired because I love making things and I love music. And I thought, wow, making instruments is an amazing thing. And I bought a book, the Bible of guitar making, um, with wow. the, the intention that when I came back, uh, it's called the Guitar Maker's Handbook. And when I I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to make a guitar. Um, but I got back and I started work. And work was fine. Like, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy what I do. I still work for the same organisation, actually, nearly 14 years later. Um, and kind of life happened. Uh, yeah, I met an amazing woman. I got married, had kids, all of this kind of stuff. But I, and I got to my 10-year anniversary working as a, as a grown-up. And um, <laughs> I suddenly realised... On my bookshelves was this book about making guitars, and it was gathering dust, literally. And it was a real kind of Damascus Road moment for me. I thought, oh, gosh, I've had all these things I want to do, and life's not been bad or anything like that, but I haven't done that. I I feel like my dreams have been gathering dust, and I need to do something about it. So... uh, I started to intentionally try and make some space in my life to follow my dreams, to, to be more creative. And I'd always, I'd always kept up with the music. I'd done a lot of music in my church. I'm a trained singer and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, but I, I thought, right, well, I'm going to spend a bit more time on my instruments and uh, start playing some other instruments. So, you know, I started playing the banjo because kind of Mumford and Sons are cool and all of that kind of stuff. And um, <laughs> I thought I, w- I want to spend some more time making stuff. Um, because I'd always been a little bit in awe of my dad making things, and mm. I'd only ever seen him as this kind of master craftsman. I hadn't seen his learning process, and I had to let go of my perfectionism a little bit and go, do you know, it's okay mm. to be rubbish. Mm. It's okay not to be able to make stuff the way my dad can, because he had to learn once too. And if I don't start now, you know, if I, if I, if I start now, then by the time I'm 60, I'll have 30 years' worth of experience. But if I put things off forever... You know, that will never happen. So it was it was kind of this defining moment for me, 10 years into my working life, and I, and I just had this epiphany that my dreams were 
were kind of sitting on on the shelf. And um, I'd, I'd, I'd blogged years ago. You know, I started blogging in kind of 2006. And um, but it was rubbish. You know, I was just kind of saying what I was eating. You know, the stuff I was doing. It wasn't. It wasn't kind of. Um, wasn't really anything that anybody read, uh, which is why I stopped doing it. Um, and it wasn't really fulfilling a need for me, really. Um, but then a couple of years ago, I did a course. Um, well, I, I was I was on a kind of leadership course, and we did this thing called Strengths Finder, um, which oh, yes, is, I've done that. Yeah. Uh, I think put together by the Gallup organization. You know, it's one of these psychometric type test things. Um, there's lots of them around, um, and they, they can be helpful in just helping you understand some of the things that make you tick. They're not the be all and end all. You know, I, don't, mm. I, don't, you know, I think some people can get a bit too um, reliant on them. But for me, it just really helped me articulate some of the things that made me tick. And one of those things was, was about uh, being somebody who... Um, who loves learning, somebody who loves communicating things, uh, somebody who's quite strategic and futuristic and someone who loves uh, data and information and all of that. And, and, I, and out of that, I thought, gosh, I, I need to be more intentional with this as well. And I feel like I've, I can communicate well. So I'll start, I'll restart my blog just as a way of getting better at writing. Um, so I, was, I, I started blogging and, and I, I um, had some friends who I was kind of accountable to who were also blogging. And we encouraged one another. We blogged to the same title each week. So we were kind of blog buddies. Uh, and over the course of a year, I realized that the themes that were coming out, my voice in one sense was about dreaming big and being creative. Um, and out of that, I, I wrote a book called Life Space, Give Your Dreams Room to Grow, uh, which was just a, really coming out of my own story. Um, and I felt that many people might be able to connect with that, where life's not necessarily been bad. But the things that you, you're passionate about, uh, maybe the dreams you had as a kid growing up, for whatever reason, you put them down and you didn't even realise it. Um, mm. And I felt it was a call to the people to, to pick some of those things back up because I think they make us more authentic, you know, and, and I don't want, like I did, to look back and say, gosh, I feel like I'd wasted 10 years um, in terms of some of the specific things, not that those 10 years were a complete waste, but, you know, that's something I wanted to call out of people. So... So that's a little bit about my, my kind of creative journey and, and how I ended up um, wearing some of these different hats that I never thought I would wear about being a podcaster and a blogger and things. Wow, that is a phenomenal story. Um, wow. <laughs> I've lost for words there. That's fantastic. Um, so, um, just... The next thing I wanted to ask you about, I mean, it seems like your biggest passion really is, you know, dreaming big and almost like creating a life, creating the life that you want to have rather than just kind of sitting, waiting for things to happen, actually taking action to create the life that you want to live, you know, and that's and obviously not just creative work, but life as a whole, you know, because... I mean, I think you probably agree with me that life is something, our lives are things that we create, you know, the life, life is a kind of about creativity in a sense, because we create our own lives. Um, and that's, that seems to be what you're, what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, Erwin McManus is a writer that I really respect. I, I love, I love his work. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he puts it across so well in his book, The Artisan Soul, where he says, you know, we're if we're made in the image of God and God is a creator, then we're created to create. Um, and we might not 
create art or, or, or music, but as humanity, what we create are we create futures um, by the decisions that we make. And um, so we have, we have a hand in the, in, in the future that we make. Um, and I think, you know, we've all been, you know, God has given us all amazing uh, gifts and talents and perspectives and environments and experiences that can, um, that can help other people. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's up to us to, to get that out there in some way. Um, and you might not be called to be a sculptor. And I see, I think, you know, the, the word creativity has been hijacked a little bit in our society about, you know, it's just perhaps uh, the arts. Mm. And people say, well, I'm not artistic, you know, because, yeah. because I'm, I'm a scientist or I'm an engineer. Well, I'm, I'm a professional engineer. Um, you know, I can relate to that. And, but I see creativity all around me and we can be, we can be creative in, in the decisions that we make, in the life that we lead. It's not necessarily about painting a Mona Lisa uh, or writing a concerto. Um, it could be about how we're encouraging people around us, how we're gathering people and supporting them and, uh, and, and helping them to be something that they don't believe they can be. Wow, yeah. I totally, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I mean, creativity, I think creativity is kind of, it's the essence of everything in a sense because you don't have scientific advancements without creativity and imagination. You don't have design of any kind without imagination or creativity. You know, um, any progress that we've made as a species is because of imagination and creativity because you have to imagine new tomorrows um so you know so we should never ever want to stifle creativity because um yeah because then you're kind of stifling what it means to be human in a sense aren't you um so okay so yeah um just on creativity still what kind of what kind of advice and encouragement would you give to other people who are kind of exploring their creative gifts, exploring writing or blogging or anything, any other things that you do, any in any of those kind of fields, what kind of what, what lessons have you learned that uh, you'd like to pass on? I think the best advice I've had is about kind of going public. So you know, it's very easy um, to kind of keep stuff to yourself, um, but then I think it's also very easy if you're doing that to lose motivation and just to get distracted and not to do anything else, and so. Um, something that I find really helpful is about being accountable with other people uh, and perhaps and, and being being um, regular in the way that you're producing stuff. So, you know, I feel a commitment to my blog buddies that I'm going to create a blog post every week. Um, and that's a really good discipline for me. It just helps me be disciplined about it. So I think my first advice would be, you know, see how you can be disciplined so that you're, you can be regular about it because I think consistency and momentum are among the most important things you, c you can have in, in skill acquisition and in, in, in getting better at your craft. Um, it's all very well having, you know, and I think, I think if, if often with creative people, I said this with myself as well, you know, often we can go through things where, where we just, oh, just do loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and then something distracts you and you don't do it again for months. Uh, and if you were trying to learn an instrument... You know, you wouldn't get very far if you were just binging every, you know, for a couple of days every six months. That's so not really going to lead to kind of healthy uh, musicianship. So it's about being regular, about being consistent. And I think also if you're putting stuff out there, um, you know, it just, it, it sharpens you up a little bit. 
and um, and also you can get feedback and you can be encouraged as well because I think I was petrified about putting my writing out there for ages um, and then I realised that people did quite people really liked it more people that, that I, I didn't expect really so the other thing would be about being brave and putting stuff out there and not and not being afraid to put it out there and um, and self promote a little bit not necessarily you know just kind of uh, trying to get your name out there and create a huge brand, a huge platform, but just being, just being willing to dare it. So, oh, I've got a bit of... Can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. yeah. The benefits of live recording, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this um, proves that it's live. So, my best advice about consistent, getting people around you to support you, Brad, and uh, brave and just put out there. So yeah, that's that's really really good advice. I, I would definitely agree with that. You know, um, it's really really important. I mean, I I see a lot of people kind of critic critics and people who want to have a have a say, people who want to put you down. And a lot of these people aren't doing any work themselves; they're just existing to criticise other people. And you know, um, it's a brave thing to put your work out there in the world. It's a brave thing to share a bit of yourself with the world. And it, but it's really, really important that we do that as well. Um, it's, it's you know, just the, the act of actually sharing something is a courageous act. And it actually helps transform us as well, I would say. And I think that's what you're kind of alluding to, isn't it? That, that it's really important that we put ourselves out there. And, you know, and like you say, promoting, promoting is not a bad thing. Marketing is not a bad thing in itself. I think it's more, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, it's more how you do that and the heart behind it as well. You know, because you can promote your work with out of a genuine desire to see other people benefit from it and not actually be concerned about the result, but more concerned about just making sure that people know about it and that can connect with it. And there's also, But there's also marketing which is more manipulative and deceitful and that kind of thing and is more self-involved and all that kind of thing and lacks integrity. And um, that's, we see more of that than we do of the other kind, unfortunately. But um, And it's that, that there is that balance, isn't there, of promoting your work with integrity and um, keeping your authenticity in your work and in how you share it. Yeah, I think, you know, so often would be tempted to try and copy someone else or be someone else. And it's great to have role model and people that we look, look up to but we have to embrace how we've made and, and the thing we're good at and, and where and I you know the best thing I've done is about letting go of and embracing mistakes embracing the process so not being destination focused um, because you know, once you get there, then what? But actually enjoying the process, enjoying the journey, um, and making the, the journey the, the the most important thing rather than necessarily the destination. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, just looking back, I mean, what what would you, looking back at your own kind of story, your own experiences, what would you have done differently if you had that time over again? Or would you have done anything differently at all? Well, it's interesting. I mean, in hindsight, I think, well, I wish I had started things earlier. You know, I wish I hadn't had that 10 years <laughs> where, you know, my guitar-making book was gathering dust on my shelf. I wish I'd started making that guitar earlier. I wish I'd done all of these other things earlier. 
Um, but then another part of me says, well, but then would I have made such a focus on it if, if I hadn't if I hadn't done that really? Um, mm. So it's hard to say. I, I I think I don't know how much value there. You know, sometimes we can get so wrapped up in regrets, can't we? Um, mm. That we kind of we take our eye off where we're at now and, and the enjoyment of the moment and. Whilst I think, yeah, perhaps I should have done this a bit better or done this better, maybe I should have done that sooner or whatever, uh, more and more I'm of the opinion that, you know, let it's okay, whatever's happened has happened and, you know, it's okay to, to feel regret, but we, we can't live there. It's really important to mm. live in the now. Mm. We need to be looking to the future. Um, but there's such a tricky balance, isn't it? Like, it's great to have dreams and ambitions, um, but you can't spend your whole life there because you're missing the now. And it's the same, you can't spend your whole life looking backwards because you're missing the now. Um, so I think if, perhaps if I would have done anything differently, it would be about embracing um, who I'd been made to be sooner and perhaps be, um, being a bit more at peace with myself. But I, like I said at the beginning, you know, I, I feel like I've been a bit of a, a late developer in some ways. And I, I think it's taken me, it says I've, grown a bit older I mean I'm not I'm not really really old um but you know here I am in my mid-30s and it's in it's kind of as I've got to my 30s that I've, I've been a bit more comfortable in my own skin a little bit more comfortable in um my gifts and my talents and my my weaknesses and my failings as well and just um holding them in in the right kind of tension because I think in the past I've probably beaten myself up far too much about my you know my failings and my perceived weaknesses, mm. rather than focusing on my strengths. Um, and I guess my kind of my motto, my mantra these days is about playing to my strengths, um, and not necessarily just trying to compensate for my weaknesses all the time. Oh, that's fantastic! That's such good wisdom there. Um, playing to your strengths, not focusing on your weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that yeah, I mean, when you talk about regrets, you know, that you wish you. In one sense, you wish you started earlier, but in another sense, you wouldn't be who you are if you had you hadn't had the experiences that you had. And it's you know, I mean, I, this is, I mean, my experience is slightly different, but I find I feel that I have to feel something similar about losing my mother. In that, you know, I'd, of course, I'd always want her back if I had the chance, but at the same time, I wouldn't be who I am now if what happened hadn't happened. You know. Um, so in a sense there's kind of it's, it's kind of a weird kind of balance isn't it of like well you know maybe I maybe I kind of would like to change things if I could but at the same time I wouldn't want to change who I am now yeah um, you know uh, I think I interviewed um, Jeff Goins a few months ago an American writer who I, who I really respect you know and, and um you know, he, he talks about failure a lot in, you know, he wrote a book called The Art of Work. And, and one of the things that really struck me from that, from that book was about reframing failure, really. And I think so often we, we can focus on our failures and think, oh, I wish I hadn't failed. Um, but, you know, Jeff says failure is your friend if you're prepared to listen to it and if you learn the lessons from it. And I think, you know, it's the same with loss, isn't it? And it's the same with um, trauma in, in different ways that, you know, we need to work through stuff, um, but you know, if we can listen to that and embrace that, then it enriches our life um, in some ways, and it also enables us to go places that we haven't gone before. 
um, and connect with people that we haven't, we wouldn't be able to connect with before. If your life has been perfect, if you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth, it's very hard to relate to other people. Um, but if you've suffered loss and if you've had things happen to you or whatever, actually, you know, you know, certainly the things that have, that, that you know, my biggest failures in my life have really done a great job of knocking the corners off and the edges off me, and mm. um, perhaps making me a little bit more humble, um, knocking some of the pride out of me. And, and, and also helping me pick the right direction. I think when, you know, I, I failed uh, two sets of professional exams um, and um, that was a real surprise because I'd never failed anything in my life. You know, I'd, I'd been blessed that ac- academically I'd never really struggled with all of that kind of stuff. And it was only in my mid-twenties that I had a reality check where something didn't quite go to plan. But actually I felt God's hand in that and was actually leading me in a slightly different direction, and, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, and, you know, as my mum pointed out, well, some people, you know, have to struggle with struggle ad- academically from age four and have to learn that lesson then. Um, so, mm. you know, uh, I think, and like you say, we're a kind of, um, we're, we're the sum of, of our experiences, um, and, and we, we kind of get to choose a little bit how we respond to those. And that's not to say that, that's not to, to make make light of of difficult things that happen in our lives, and that's not to say that that's necessarily easy. But I think we have to embrace those, and uh, you know we can't we can't rub things out, and we can't expect life to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and I think actually it's it's often out of those places. Certainly for me, you know, some of the, 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 my creativity and my some of my messages have come out of my own experiences. You know, my experience it was everything was okay, but I'd kind of forgotten and become disconnected with some of my dreams. And if I hadn't become disconnected, then I wouldn't have that message to share. So it's, yeah. a, it's a tension, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. I think I've I said to a lot of people, writing is a lot of my life. Um, I find that that you have ups and downs and you learn from the mistakes and you, you know, and, and you're not, again, you're not who you are if you if it, if it wasn't for the good and the bad things, you know, um, you know the, the failures that you have shape you and they make you into who you end up becoming. Um, I think success does change you as well because I've you know I've seen people have success and it's changed them a little bit in a negative way. And I think, I mean, this is a whole other topic, but um, being prepared for success is really important in in, in the sense that you know that if you have a certain level of success that, that that will change you a little bit. That it will have a... It's one of those kind of traumatic experiences like suffering is or like going to a conference and hearing a speaker which changes your life is. They're all kind of big experiences which will have an impact on you. And I think... I mean, success is something that I think, you know, if we ever have that kind of success, we need to have in our minds how we're going to deal with that how before it happens. Yeah. And to be conscious that it's happening as well. Um, I saw an interview with Benedict Cumberbatch uh, today, and um, he was talking about when he auditioned for Sherlock, and he knew it was going to be something that, that transformed his life, that was going to, that had the possibility to do that, to take him onto a new level of awareness in the public eye kind of thing. And he had to prepare himself for that, and, um, and you know, not let himself get affected by whatever, about even the good things that people were saying about him and just to have that group of people around him that he trusted um, and to keep 
to keep himself away from that and not let it change who he was. Mm. I think, um, you know, we can have unrealistic expectations about our, our stuff and our abilities, can't we? And, mm. you know, I mentioned that I'd recorded an album, um, you know, in my early 20s. And, uh, you know, I, I, it didn't do very well <laughs> because I was rubbish at marketing it. And, um, you know, it was okay, but it wasn't everybody's cup of tea. Um, but and actually, in hindsight, I'm really great, really kind of glad about that. I'm not sure what I thought would happen. I didn't, you know, maybe I thought I was going to get this huge record deal and I was going to go and become this, you know, famous, um, kind of famous artist. Uh, and it didn't really happen. And I'm glad about that because I don't think I was mature enough to deal with that at the time. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it would have done me any good, actually. I think it would have done me harm uh, if I'd all, all of a sudden been propelled, you know, into touring and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think it would have done me any good. So I'm very relieved. And uh, I've still got a soft spot for that album. And, you know, my songwriting is all right. But I don't, I don't actually think I was necessarily made to be, you know, a, a, a touring musician superstar. Mm. Um, or certainly not in my 20s. Maybe, <laughs> um, you know, maybe later in life. Uh, uh, there's a guy called Godfrey Bertel who I quite like. Um, he's, a, a, he's a kind of Christian songwriter. His, his, his music's kind of out there. But he was a professional photographer. Um, until he was in his kind of 50s, I guess, and he was kind of made redundant in the 1990s. And it was only after that that, um, you know, his passion for songwriting and music kind of came out. And he started releasing all these albums and became quite, you know, quite famous, really, um, as a grandfather. Um, but he was in a much better place in himself to do that. And I, I take such heart from that because I think, you know, so often uh, we've got such a cult of youth in our society that, you know, if you haven't achieved everything by the time you're 25, then you've missed it. And that's such a lie that, you know, we have a whole lives to live and you don't have to achieve everything materially by a certain age. Uh, it's all about how you finish, actually. And, um, you know, you yes. don't want to burn out too soon. And, and so just enjoy it, chill out, relax. You know, I think oh, I've still got years and years and years to go, hopefully. And, my, you know, my, I feel in many ways like my... My voice, my singing is, has never been better, uh, you know, much better than it was in its 20s as it's matured. There's a richness there, and it's probably the same with my writing. It's just getting better. You know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I think we need to set ourselves free from the kind of tyranny of youth or the tyranny yes. of, of expect, unrealistic expectations. And, um, you know, just just enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. Run uh, over. <laughs> No, no, that's fantastic wisdom. I think that's so, so true. The cult of youth, yeah. It's really, really easy to fall into that trap, isn't it? Um, especially with Hollywood and celebrity and all of that kind of thing. You know, I had, there's a guy called, um, a musician called C6 Steve, who's just become really, really big recently, uh, relatively so, and released a few albums. And he was a homeless guy who used to play music on the streets. Um, and again, he, he found fame success, as you want to call it, you know, as consumerism would call it, I guess, relatively late, you know. Um, but he'd never he'd never created the work for the results. He'd just done it out of joy. And then suddenly he managed, he just, this following just grew up and he started, and he got the chance to record albums and all this kind of thing. And I, I love that phrase, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And finishing well, you know, and I think that's really, really important. It's about the per the kind of person that you're going to become rather than the kind of superficial stuff like success and status and uh, money and position and all these kind of things because they can come and go. Um, 
what's more important, I think, and that's I think what you said, what you're, the point you were trying to make is, is who you, who we end up becoming. That's really really important. Yeah, definitely. Right, fantastic. So, tell us a bit about um, your latest projects. What you're working on at the moment? Well, I um, we've just had an extension built actually in our house deliberately to make some more creative spaces. So, I've got a proper workshop. Uh, part of there so I, I want to do some more make, making um, I started making a guitar an acoustic guitar a few years ago and I've got bits of it done but I've never really had the proper space to do that so I want to try and um, over the next <laughs> 10, 10 years maybe um, finish making this acoustic guitar or maybe some other instruments um, in terms of writing I'm working on a couple of books uh, at the moment kind of in, in parallel so um, I mentioned about Life space, give your dreams room to grow, and, and I kind of um, that came out in uh, December 2014, and I actually see that as a bit of a, a trilogy, to be honest. So that's about setting your dreams free and get, making space for those. The next one I'm working on at the moment, uh, my working title is Sightlines, and it's about turning your dreams into a compelling vision. Um, wow! Because it's okay to dream, um, but sometimes you need to be able to see something. Uh, to be able to move to it. And then the third the third part of that, really, um, I haven't got a working title for that. I need to finish Sightlines first. Uh, but the third part will be turning vision into action. Um, and so moving from dreams to a kind of, to a vision and then to actually action and making that, you know, walking into that really. So that's a kind of, a kind of trilogy that I'm, that I'm working on. Um, I've got another book that may come out sooner than that, which is about... Um, connecting with the environment and um you know as the environment is something i'm passionate about i spend time as an environmental consultant in my in my kind of day job and um something i love doing with my kids is taking them out into nature and um mm. you know away from screen time um, and being really aware of the environment around us and so we we back onto fields uh, which we're really privileged to and there's some buzzards that live uh, near us and it, i almost want it to be almost like a a year diary about, you know, following mm. the buzzards, but they're almost like a metaphor about allowing ourselves uh, to, to get connected with the natural environment a bit better. Um, you know, it's so important. We live in a very urbanised, technology-focused culture, and it's so healthy for us, actually, to get back out um, and reconnect with that. And so um, I haven't quite finished the shape of that, really, but it's about, it's about connecting with the environment. It's about... Um, doing that as a family maybe uh, and all of that kind of stuff that's so really, yeah, a, those, are my, those are my kind of current projects that's all that sounds really really exciting I'm really yeah, I'd love to um, look forward to checking all of those things out that sounds fantastic and uh, so where can people connect with your work right now like your blog and your and your podcast where are they located so my blog is called musings for the potting shed but it's at lukestrickland.co.uk um, so if you go there, I, I publish posts every week. You can subscribe to the blog there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Luke Strickland. Um, I've got a page on Facebook, which you can find and like from lukestrickland.co.uk. And then if you want to listen to my podcasts, then um, if you go to iTunes, you can search for the Potting Shed podcast. And uh, the other show I do with my, with my family is called the Home Ed Matters podcast. Um, you can find links to those elsewhere and um if you've got other podcatchers um i've got I, I post links to the rss bit feed for that at the end of every blog post 
uh, on my website. So it's very easy to find and you, you can subscribe in all kinds of different ways. Cool. That's fantastic. And I'd recommend that to everybody, by the way. Check all those things out. They're fantastic. Luke is, as you did, you can probably tell, is fantastic as well. Thank you for coming on, Luke. It's been really, really great to have you on here. And um, maybe we'll come have you back again, talk a bit more about creativity. Yeah, and I'd love to. Thank you so much. It's been a, pr- a privilege. Thanks, Luke. Great stuff. And uh, everyone, uh, that's, that's it for this episode. And uh, we'll catch you all soon. Take care.